So have you ever hung out with a group of people or one person, doesn't matter, and you had an amazing night. It was perfect. And um, just compliments flying everywhere and life was great and you were like, yeah. And then all of a sudden you find out it was a blackout moment for them and they don't really remember anything, um, but you remember everything. started blackout game the term the term blackout game did not at a certain point it came to mean like that you know Somebody's all these having games, a great game no it, at a certain point it came to mean that like all these games are, are irrelevant because the outcome is predetermined it's going to be warriors calves for the next 20 years or whatever and like and then it became like you know the whole league is, is a blackout game no one wants to watch it it's not it's a it's a game but was that how was that let me lay out started? a clear history of how we did got to this point you have a clear history i have a pretty clear history I'm going to, I might not, but I'm going to go with it. It started out as a blackout game is a game that no one else is watching. Right. That it's a, just a bad game. Right, exactly. It was a bad game. Or a, a game that for whatever, for whatever reason, everyone else is watching something else. Yeah. So our game is in a, is in a black blacked out area right i mean traditionally the blackout game when you have league pass is the nationally televised game yeah right so everything we watched was in the shadow of that i felt like so that's the original right that idea right and then we started to notice a quality in these games right that was something maybe paranormal about them maybe we started to we couldn't quite put our finger on it is what i mean right there was some there was some kind of value in those games that there wasn't in the so-called good games. Mm -hmm. And we were like, why is this? Mm -hmm. And so then we started to think like, oh, the blackout game is uh, an idea. It's an idea of how the league has changed. And so everything, what's up is down and a bad game is actually probably hiding a secretly competitive game because right. the good games aren't actually competitive. It started out as a category of game, but it became a thesis for the entire league. A thesis of me yeah, meaninglessness. Right, a thesis of meaninglessness, but that's right. So the two were connected, but you're right. It was it was evolution. We sort of stumbled upon it. Yeah. Originally it was just because I think we thought it would be easier to talk about a game that we didn't care about. Right. Maybe. It was supposed to be like I mean, what was the first game? Dallas versus Orlando, maybe? Magic Mavericks. Magic Mavericks, right. Magic Mavericks. Orlando versus Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, and like you know that that type of game was compelling to us, but not not I don't think initially because of this this reason that everything was irrelevant. But we came to realize yes, like these games had this kind of magic because and you know no pun intended had a kind of lowercase magic, um, be pre precisely because like it was in the shadow of this inevitability, this kind of darkness, which was you know, to put like a shorthand on it, like warrior hegemony, mm -hmm. or, you know, and maybe more generously warrior calves hegemony. But yeah, like these games took on a meaning because, you know, because everything else was meaningless. Or, yeah, or that there was a, that there was a narrative being pushed about meaning that we were choosing to ignore. Yeah. And at first that, that was done out of, um, maybe a practicality or something. Right. And then we started to notice that that the kind of uh, the narrative of the way basketball had gone for many years about the regular season, all those things, was fading. Yeah. And even the players themselves were admitting it in little ways, saying like, well, you know, it's the regular season. So right. Right. It's okay. We lost. And that brings us to where we are now. 
That brings us to where we are now. Which is on the eve of, of Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. Rockets versus Warriors. The Cavs last night wrapped up their seven-game series against the Celtics. So we know that it's once again going to be the Cavs from the East. And that leaves the question for tonight. Who's going to represent the West? And is are we going to see a fourth uh, iteration of Warriors-Cavs? Did that set it up well enough? That seems to set it up just fine. It's It makes it seem like we um, have arrived at a destination after a long drive. So in that way, I'm, I'm satisfied with it. Okay. But I think there's a lot of uh, attractions along the way that we, we didn't talk about. Sure. Um, we could talk about... Marcus and Anthony Davis. Right. And how they fulfilled a kind of perfect blackout game. Yeah. We could talk about the Nashville hockey game that we watched last year. <laughs> the Predators Penguins. Right. We could talk about um wow. It's true, no one's talking about that stuff. And I guess I I skipped over just in that little synopsis of like the road where we are now is Warriors. Is it going to be Warriors-Cavs again? But that almost is like, I'm almost conceding that that's the way you're supposed to think about basketball. I'm forgetting about Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Before we begin this, I, think, I feel like I have to admit that since the last time we recorded, um, which I think was in February, um, up until the playoffs, I haven't actually watched a basketball game. <laughs> you stopped watching. And that wasn't random. That was because I came to believe, like my father, that... The NBA was, in some very serious central ways, possibly rigged. Rigged, yeah. Um, I really wanted to talk about that tonight, too. Um, and tonight's game, again, tonight's game is Rockets, Warriors, Game 7. I really feel, like, uh, pretty raw here because I feel like... I feel like if the Rockets lose, which is a person would be a personal tragedy, but I've equated it with a larger with a larger theory at this point that if the Rockets lose, it would be because this was preordained. Yeah. Um, and it's it's like it's as if this podcast has pushed me into into a pretty far extreme right. type of fan, which is the type of fan that loves basketball so much that he doesn't watch any games. Yeah. I had an uncle, my uncle Mark. Reads about, like I read about it constantly. Right. But I can't watch because I see, I, I, I'm seeing what I want to see now a little bit. My Uncle Marty was like that. He also believed that the game was rigged, and he, he followed it, and he knew he would. I remember I would watch in the living room as, as a kid, and he would be, because he was, he was living with us in, in the house next door, and he, he, would, he would sort of come in, and he'd open the door, and he'd, he'd listen, and he'd say, oh, it's, you know, Bulls Knicks again. And I'd go, yeah, yeah, come in, watch the game. He said, I'm not going to watch that shit. That shit is rigged. He knew every player that he was like, how's Jordan playing? How many points does Barkley have? Et cetera, et cetera. He was like completely up to date, but he refused to watch it because to him it was rigged. It was like, and it was like, it, it would be a personal like sort of failure to even give in, to like make the concession of, of spending his time on a game that was, you know what I mean? It was almost like insulting to him that they would expect him to watch it because it was so obviously preordained. And then five years ago uncle marty gave me a guitar that's true uncle marty and i've been playing that guitar and thinking about things as i strum it and watch the game and it's almost as if he's his spirit has come out of it and has gone into me a little bit maybe you didn't even know this but he was yeah big proponent of the nba being rigged and like i really, had no idea yeah but so i have been playing his guitar yeah this one's for uncle marty Shout out to Uncle Marty. Shout out to Uncle Marty. <laughs> um, we have another guest in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about the rigged thing. If the Warriors win tonight, there is the feeling of feeling cheated that why was I watching the entire season? Or yeah. Why, like, you feel foolish for having hope in some ways. Yeah. Um, and I think... Because I, I find myself doing the same thing as Jacques, where I read or listen to podcasts about basketball now more than I actually watch the games. And I wonder if that is because I don't want to, like, get caught up in... I don't want that feeling of false hope where I was like, why did I think there would ever be another outcome? Because you, 
you end up feeling a little like a chump, right? Like that's yeah. that's Mon- Marty's like Marty was the type of guy who like not to go back to Uncle Marty. Marty's like a type <laughs> of guy who like you know the worst thing that could happen to you is not you know physical pain or uh, romantic disappointment or sort of spiritual folly. It was to be a chump, to like to 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 be made a chump of. He was a purist. Yeah, kind like, of. I like, mean, I met know, him. Yeah, you met him, and like you know he didn't want to, and like that would like if, to buy into the narrative, right? To be like this game matters, and then to have you know. To have the team you're rooting for against all odds, like you know, or or whatever, like to have to have to be rooting for an outcome that wasn't preordained, and to have you know the refs steal it, or however you want to imagine that rigging taking place, and we should talk about how we imagine that hand reaching down and like changing outcomes so that things is rigged, because I think this is a little different situation. He really believed that like it was actually rigged, like the TV companies and refs like conspired, but we'll talk about that later. You know, when I him, when I asked, sorry to interrupt, when I asked Marty to borrow his guitar, yeah, he I remember his response was. Well, only if you're going to play good music with it. Right. He was that type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I remember that. Uh, so, yeah, like, I mean, for him, it would be, it's like the greatest, it would, it, it would be, he made a fool of to watch a game, like, and, and for it to be, yeah, and for to watch a game that was rigged. And so, yeah, like, you, you don't want to be a chump. You don't want to be made a chump. It's a common, common feeling. And I feel like a chump. I gotta say, right now, I feel like a chump because the Rockets have me. Um, maybe this should, I should just say that um, we, maybe we should just lay out like what the stakes are for each of us. So I should say what the stakes are for me personally. Sure. Because they're a little bit more direct, is that uh, I'm a Rockets fan, a lifelong Rockets fan, and this is about as close as we've come. Uh, this is as close as we've come since I was in fifth grade. So this is this is it. This is it right now. Yeah. So that's the stakes for me. This is it. And uh, I just I have to be honest with myself. If they lose tonight, I might not watch basketball anymore. You might be out. Might be out. I'm, I just might. The NBA might lose a customer. You and you might join Uncle Marty in the... a great customer. Right. By the way, a previously great customer. Yeah. Yeah. I might join Uncle Marty in the ranks of those who watch from outside. Right. Uncle Marty also passed away, so that would be... You don't want to join him all the way. Well, I don't want to join him all the way outside. Right, not that far outside. <laughs> but I will... Yes, I will be a you'll an, be, an outsider artist of you'll basketball. Be, and you'll be... Yeah, basketball will be dead to you. You'll be dead to basketball. I'll begin my upside-down game where you dribble off the ceiling and throw it down into a hole. Right, exactly. What about the stakes for you, Jacob? So, I feel like the future of basketball does sort of swing on this game and there's two outcomes and both are probably very bad but one is even worse so i think that's what I, so i feel like if the uh golden state wins it's just we're in this negative feedback loop for all of eternity where lebron and golden state play against each other until we're 88 and i feel like it's some like everyone seems to agree that when durant joined the warriors it broke some sort of not code but like it restructured the NBA now in terms of the super teams and like mobility and like competitive um, advantage that they have. And I think if if they win tonight and they'll certainly win the finals, then it does. I don't know. It really it does. It is take the NBA down a notch in my mind. It becomes like a lot less interesting. Yeah. And so I feel like the Rockets are like they're the rebellious upstarts who hope to dethrone this king but i feel like if they win it's gonna also lead to something potentially terrible where every team follows their model and we have like the three-point um arms race gets even more severe Hmm. and it mori ball becomes like the de facto form of basketball which is which i enjoy as like a style among minis but you can already see teams are sort of skewing that way and i think if they if it's shown that that can like that you can beat anyone just because the variance in that game, that style of play is so high and you can just run up the score, then I think every team is going to like skew that way. It's like, think, Am- it's like an Amazon.com version of basketball. <laughs> How so? It just, it just like cuts through all the... It cuts through all the like things that we used to associate like with... Like the romantic things we associate with basketball are kind of like cut off with that style. Oh yeah, right? totally. Going and, to a store and beaten by convenience. So right. going, yeah, going going to a store. Yeah, putting your hand com- on a product, com- combing the products with your hands, <laughs> touching all the 
Combs. Yeah, talking to a retail uh, sales associate and saying... Smelling the perfumes. Yeah. Spraying the perfumes <laughs> at yourself. Smelling them. Right. Great can't, experience. Can't do that. Can't do that. But then again, that's inefficient. Better yeah. to just, you know, get Please. your Prime membership, click on buy now, show up at your door 24 hours oh, later. I, think I, say, I think I've said before, the rockets are also fascinating to me because... D'Antoni is considered by most people to be like an offensive genius and have like, you know, he pioneered the style of basketball, which is like so prevalent now. And it's obvious that um, Harden is also incredibly smart and like making decisions that are super high level. And Chris Paul is super talented. But the type of basketball they play, I feel like, is such a simplistic, like I feel any high school team could, not certainly as well, could play the style of basketball they play in the same way. Yeah. So it's almost... It's like these three geniuses deciding that just like throwing rocks at the wall was like the best way to like, I don't know, yeah, this destroy a castle. It, this is like, it's crazy. This Are you the saying their offense is offensive? <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this isn't Antonio's seven seconds or less no. songs beating the Warriors, right? This isn't some like offensive 17 innovation. seconds or more. Right. <laughs> 17 seconds or more. Exactly. Yeah. Wait till the end of the shot clock. Iso ball. Drive in. Kick out. Yeah. The Rockets have me believing. I'll say that. Even though I said what I said before, they, I believe. I believe tonight. I mean, I know you believe, but you, but Jacob here, I mean, I, I mean, just, you are also rooting for them as someone who grew up rooting for the Rockets. I mean, I actually think. But do you believe in them in a traditional team sense where it's like, I no, like these people, I, I believe in their heart and I believe in their, like. I believe because of what you're saying. I believe because I've come to think that. Perhaps Golden State is the Cosmo.com and the Rockets are actually the Amazon.com. <laughs> I've come to believe because I feel like the Rockets just have a pair of dice and theirs go up to like eight and everyone else's goes up to six. And they, they just roll them and occasionally they get all eights and it's like unbeatable. Like it's 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 such a weird way to follow a sport, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I, there is, there, you know, the Rockets. There is an enormous amount of variance in their in their offensive sort of output, and so it is actually possible, despite being down Chris Paul, despite you know having I think opening like seven points down favorites and just like going up against the greatest team in history, um, you know, there is actually a chance that they make say seventy percent of their threes and they put up one hundred and forty points and win the game. Um, and we shouldn't forget they were also up by four points with five minutes left in Game Six. They were up by 17 earlier in that game. Like, they absolutely could have won that game. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I believe, but I actually think your point of, like, that there is no good outcome, that even if they do win, we're still, we're not looking at, your point basically is that, like, you know, we're, the choices aren't um, the, the, the past versus the future or, like, the old versus the new or, like, you know, the, the stasis versus revolution. You're saying that even if the Rockets win, it's basically just, it's like a different version of the same thesis, which is that like a certain style of play has come to dominate the league and the warrior spirit, even if they aren't there in body, they would be there in spirit if the Rockets win. Like that sort of style of play is one and that's sort of distressing to you. So if it's Rockets, Cavs, it's basically just a fourth version of the same matchup. Another mm, three point, no? I do feel like, I guess the Rockets are sort of a super team. I feel like, are you kind of saying the stakes are low for you because it doesn't because Warriors Rockets no are it's very, I, I I would be extremely upset if Golden the worst possible outcome in the finals to me is Golden State Cavs and we're halfway there right so I feel like a lot is riding on this game although Cavs Warriors is a fairy tale <laughs> was Go that on. the promo I just mean LeBron the soup the the Steph born in the same hospital yeah. Arrive each year at the same destination. Yeah. You know? I, if if the Warriors win tonight, next week, everyone will be fully engrossed. Right. In whatever narrative gets developed sure. next week. No, they'll figure out a way to package it. But like, except one guy won't be engrossed in it. Look, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, sure. No, they'll figure out a way to package it, and like there will be a narrative. Figure out a way to package it. They'll just show the last three packages. Sure. No, no, of course. And say no. chapter four. No, right. Of course. It's like as I. How many said, rejected stories do they have in the tank already from last year? That yeah. They could run run back out. Right. They're gonna have to go deep. They're gonna have to talk about Clay Thompson and Kevin Love smoking pot together and Lake Oswego. Maybe they both have anxiety issues that they develop together. Oh, that's good. 
both on the couch. That'd be. I mean, I guess what I mean is like they will they will figure out <laughs> the narrative. I'm the, I don't think any of us who have any like resentment toward or like or or a problem with like the idea that like a narrative like this is like a great narrative like the you know Rockets versus Warriors. I mean, sorry, Cavs versus Warriors. Like all the stuff like LeBron versus Steph. The style you know styles make fights and the, you know they're different styles. You know fourth the fourth matchup and a great rivalry. Like will LeBron be able to even the series? Like if if LeBron does even the series, don't we want to see a fifth? Uh, finals because then it becomes like the rubber match. I mean, you know, you could you could really play this out. I think the problem though we all have, right, is if it's not that the NBA, it's we're all fine with the NBA like, you know, producing that narrative for the next two weeks if if it does end up being Cavs Warriors. But like we we would have a problem with it is if the entire season had been that narrative. If like they had started out in like you know October 26 or whatever and said welcome to the Cavs Warriors like season long you know battle royale. It's all gonna lead up to right like our problem with it is if it was all predetermined in advance. And that gets to my stakes, which is I actually do think in a way you're right that it is rigged, and because I haven't given my stakes yet. So I actually do think that I was about to ask for your stakes. I do think that like it is in in some fundamental way rigged and that the Warriors will win tonight. Sorry, Jacques. And that we will once again see the fourth version of this of this of this matchup. But I don't think it's rigged in the sense of like, you know, the way Uncle Marty thought it was rigged. I don't think like there was like some hand, some conspiracy of interest that that like, you know, figured out that the best TV ratings or, you know, whatever, like the most money would be made by by bringing these two teams together again. I feel like it's more about like the ways in which like our psyches crave um, we, we this it was always going to be Cavs Warriors and like we sort of all fooled ourselves into seeing other narratives during this league. We all sort of were like, oh, like what if you know D'Antoni is a genius or like what if like the Celtics have this like young run and like rookie you know this like genius coach and like our brains are programmed to like believe in these like contingencies and these these random storylines could end up being like the master storyline and could like take over the narrative. But like what and 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 obviously the NBA had a big interest in like sort of perpetuating that and saying like yes it could be it could be any one of these things it could be the war you know it could be the Celtics it could be the Sixers it could be the Pelicans right we forget about the Pelicans they like swept the Blazers in the first round they were looking great Anthony never Davis forget. never forget but like you know this whole time I think we were just fooling ourselves like it was a conspiracy against ourselves like our brains were lying to us and we just mm -hmm. forgot that like the Warriors are the best team we've ever seen LeBron cannot be beat until he like actually physically decays and it was just always going to be like this it was always going to be like this and we're all just kind of we're all chumps we made ourselves chumps to to to, to you know go back to that so theme. it was rigged because they're the greatest teams it was always that way so it's rigged in a way that's more like formula one yeah sort of it's just like the machines are better right the machines so are gonna, better so they're gonna win exactly it's like nature it's just you know the gravity there are certain laws that like we're not talking about football we're not talking about one game where like you know, does anything happen? We're talking about you know, ultimately, if you've got four all stars, they're gonna beat a team with one all star. If you've got the greatest player of all time, he's gonna beat a team with you know, two rookies and Al Horford. Like it's just you know, yeah. let's not kid ourselves here. Like certain things go the way they're supposed to go, and I think like the way the reason why we all feel like chumps is that we sort of convinced ourselves that it could be otherwise, and we were just we were wrong all along. Look, I'm just gonna lay some stuff out here, okay? The owner of the Warriors is a tech dude, mm -hmm. right? Owner of the Cavs is Dan Gilbert. Yeah. Okay. You don't think those two guys have enough resources <laughs> to rig it so that they get to the championship every year? Who owns the Rockets? The Rockets are owned by that billionaire, like he, they're owned by Tillman Fertitta. I went to high school with his nephew. I mean, <laughs> so what are you not, saying? <laughs> That means I mean, nothing. He owns Landry's. It's a seafood restaurant. Yeah, but he's like, he, he just like, owns one seafood restaurant? But he's a uh, billionaire, he isn't he? Yeah, he owns a corporation which grew out of Landry's, which is a single seafood franchise, huh. but a very popular one. Popular enough that he slowly bought more and more restaurants. He actually owns a restaurant in downtown Houston called The Aquarium that is surf and turf and has an aquarium and, ha and, and has a tiger. <laughs> Wow. Wait, and, but I got Sorry, what? The Rockets are not <laughs> a mom and pop show. They have a they, tiger? They, they have a tiger. They are compared compared to the other two guys, they are a mom and pop shop. So you really so you think I'm so you really think when you say rigged you mean they look, rigged it. Look, I know I remember in nineteen ninety four Leslie Alexander bought the Rockets the first year he won. He knows who to pay. <laughs> 
I thought you meant rigged more like in our minds. Like I meant rigged in our minds. Like, Jock like, thinks it's rigged as in Dan Gilbert and... I'm talking about central figures rigging it like uh, trading places style, a, a gentleman's bet every year. Yeah. Interesting. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, I was using rigged more as a as a metaphor, I guess. It's like a different type of rigged. I mean, we but obviously we have a disagreement. That team is so abject and pathetic. Right. Except for LeBron. That right. Anyone Except for who, LeBron. Who, who rigged that to That's happen part and it. succeed was the most, was like uh, either a perverse anyone or like. like anyone knows how rigging works. No, you never make it obvious, though. That's the whole trick. Oh, do rigging. you know how rigging works? <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> um, yeah. No comment. I mean. Yeah. But yeah, no, you never, you never want to make it too obvious. Like, yeah, obviously. Well, wouldn't like, the obvious thing be uh, putting an MVP player on the all-time best team? So in the West, they make it <laughs> obvious, right? In the East, they like to, you know, they, they like to be a little more. They subtle. have a better writer. I'm not, I'm not advancing this thesis. Josh, is a fan. Did you call me Josh? I, I, I miss, I'm, I misspoke. It's been a while. I like Josh though. Yeah, Josh, Josh, miss, you know, misstated this. Look, obviously, my emotions are, are running hot. You actually seem pretty cool. Oh, well. Well, in terms of my stakes that I set up. Right. Hot stakes. Hot stakes. So you're out. I like your stakes. I think that you may be right. I think that you you touched on something which I said in the Formula One analogy, which is that it's just, in the end, it just comes down to what was available and who got it in the league but yeah it doesn't really make any sense with the Cavs because they're so bad and like it's, I just I mean I get it there's there's a guy there right he does what he does and also other teams do what they do around him which right is, like Toronto like, like be like implodes. servile and yeah like, and be like yeah no you, it's fine you take it right but that's the um, whole mind thing that's why I think it is interesting yeah. I do think that plays into it the refs and all the opposing teams and all right. the fans if the other teams oh, consciously have seen for four years that these two entities are like the superhuman and the super team are, are winning right and until proven otherwise yeah it's hard to believe you can do something until you do it I like, mean I, there's I totally agree with that. Like an example of that, this Warriors third quarter thing. Oh, everyone, yeah. everyone believes self-fulfilling prophecy. Everyone, be, right? Everyone believes that the Warriors. I've yet to hear. You know, I know, I I know a little about basketball analytics. I've yet to hear any <laughs> type of compelling explanation for why a team would be better in you know between 24 and 36 minutes as opposed to 12 and 24 minutes or 36 and 48 minutes. What exactly happens in the third quarter? Well, Obviously, you, my, that, you know my theory, right? Well, I'd like to hear your theory. I mean, well, I just... my first theory was the first Warriors Super Team was a first quarter team. If you remember, everyone would go to the League Pass and watch them in the first quarter because they would blow. Teams right, that's out. true. That was a like first the quarter game team. was over by the first quarter. Right, and then I would stop watching because Steph had, they'd already like hung like thirty on him, and it was like amazing. Next, last season was secretly a, a second quarter team, but no one knew it. Huh. So this season, the third quarter, they just keep getting a little bit more lackadaisical. Next, next year is gonna be they're gonna be a fourth quarter team. So it's just when they decide to turn it on. Yes. Okay. That actually. And then there's, they're right. gonna be an overtime team by by the fifth game. by by 2019 by, yeah. or 2020. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. By Trump's second term, like they'll probably be double overtime team. No, that's a great. Okay, well, that actually that actually checks two boxes in this thesis. But yeah, just just to finish the thought again, just to I know what you're out. saying. It is, yeah, it the is third some... quarter thing. The only reason it makes sense, right, is that like everyone has sort of tricked themselves into believing that the Warriors are great in the third quarter. And so when the third quarter runs ar- rolls around, two things happen: the Warriors start realizing they have to finally do their thing and be the best, and other teams freak out because they're like, oh, we have to withstand this onslaught, and they, you know, they kind of like, and so to get continuing this thesis, right, that like people have sort of that this is a conspiracy of our minds and the idea that it's also a conspiracy of like the team's minds and the players minds and everyone in the league it's like yeah everyone sort of has like you know told themselves that these two teams are unbeatable and that this matchup is inevitable and therefore just like the, it's the Warriors are going to be great in the third quarter it's going to be Cavs Warriors in the end and therefore yeah and this is what worries me about the Rockets is that I think to beat that sort of group think or that I don't know what it is that like shared belief system is you need to have someone who's either who's kind of like insane mm-hmm. or does not prescribe to it like I, that's why i think like marcus smart or like or like a runner test type or right or even like right. i don't know whose mind is is pj tucker's not insane but he at least like operates outside whereas like i feel like harden paul and d'antonio are such thinkers that they like they feel that like 
that weight of like the third quarter they're good like we know they do this right it's hard for them just to get out like outside themselves right and either just like and be- either believe or just forget about it that's really interesting this, this is like the third time in a week that i've heard people describe harden as being really um um as, as being like a thinker i i think of him <laughs> as being a total airhead i think he like, you know, a thinker I don't mean he's, I mean, like, he's, he's great, like a logician who's there like doing um, deep space calculus in real time. I mean, there's certain players who are just like exist in the moment and operate on like like muscle, like memory sort of to some degree right. or emotion or something. Like you can see the players that get psyched out during a game to some extent in various ways. Like LeBron used to be like that a right. ton, I think where he was biting his nails you could see him getting shook he was thinking about it he was trying to analyze the game and and i think um chris paul does this too and the way he deals with it is like anger and i think harden like like you've seen how many times he's like he has doesn't have a great history in like high pressure situations and that's because he's like aware of the stakes and is like yeah. thinking about it so when i say a thinker i just mean he's like he's cerebral what do you what do we think maybe let's we can go with that just because you say that what do, what do we think the stakes are for james harden like in his own head like this do you think that he loses meaning in the game of basketball in his own career if they lose tonight do you think because it's kind of like a it's kind of a weird moment for him like he's about to win the mvp but if he lost tonight and shit the bed tonight and then had to give an MVP speech. What's that MVP speech gonna be like? Yeah, kind of be like the Coach of the Year speech. <laughs> yeah. So this this year is just a like that's a blackout game year, right? Right. Where the MVP and the Coach of the Year both get fired. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is true. That would be such a great like blackout. Yeah. That would be like the ultimate year of alternative narratives. Like, cause that's really what this is about. It's about the league creating narratives for us to be interested in something besides what you said, which is the main destiny that we're all headed for. What's going on, everyone? Jeremy here with Claus Truck. And with all the talk about rigged claw machines, I wanted to take a moment to give a huge shout out to claws that I happen to know are typically not rigged. Ones that you should feel totally fine playing in almost any scenario. I wanted to start out with the standard blue Walmart claws, both jewelry cranes and plush claws. While many Walmarts are sadly converting over to rigage machines, most of them in my state and surrounding areas still have these beautiful blue bastards. And they might not always be strong enough to get wins regularly, and the plush might be packed in a little too tight. They are in fact fixed strength, and what you see is what you get, so you should feel confident to play on. The second common claw I see is in Meyer grocery stores. Almost all of them have at least one, and in my experience, they are fixed strength. Operators are prone to weakening them, as you can see as we hit the new Meyer claw in our neighborhood on their grand opening weekend versus how it was just a week later. But, just like other fixed strength claws, it may also be too weak to win. However, what you see is what you get. They are not rigged, and you should feel totally comfortable trying them out and seeing if you've got a good chance. The third type of claw getting the nod as a green light playable is almost any UFO catcher uh, style claw that I have seen. Just like the others, it may be too weak to win, but if you keep it around the chute, you should have a good, fair chance at winning Look at this, look at this Raptors team though, they are... Right. They've changed. They've changed, right? They've got tougher. They're ready. Yeah, they're ready for LeBron. There's, they're, but they who's going to beat they them? They were good. Also, there's no, nothing. No, but they didn't. There okay, is nothing more. There's nothing more they annoying didn't change than the at fan. All. But do we all want to be the person who's like, why even watch the regular season? It's like I'm just saying That's we're, we're here saying, to discuss. No, I'm, I'm saying, but like people, it's it's not the league feeding us. It's our own. We're searching for meaning and hope. It's I like, am literally a person who stopped watching the regular season. <laughs> yeah. He literally stopped really watching did. it. He's probably never going to watch again. I really did. I stopped watching the regular season. I is said, that the only choice then? Is it like, is our cho- our choice is really, I mean, wasn't the original idea of Blackout Game though, the reason why we started doing this podcast was that we would find games and no one else watching that we, that we would find meaning, we would escape those narratives. We'd be yeah. like, we're going to make our own narratives. No one, there's no Magic Mavericks narrative, right? Before we started made it, making it. And granted, yeah. we didn't like, 
like take over the world. But like it's possible that like if we worked hard, Magic Mavericks would have been become the great rivalry of like 2019, right? Like people would be waiting for that game, not because it was a good game. You're saying we didn't work hard enough? I'm just saying like is there another? Was, I don't are, think our, are our choices exit? league or I, um or be suckers and be chumps I, I is there a third option i don't think, I don't think it was ever that magic mavericks was going to supersede warriors Cavs. i think the idea is finding something beautiful or interesting or meaningful in that exchange right even though the stakes like just to look it's much more of a metaphor for life like there are no sure. the stakes were sort of meaningless but, it was, but they're humans doing something it was like it was like getting a shop back Putting it on the floor, in between the floorboards, in the cracks, sucking up all that dust, emptying it out, spreading it out, and looking at it. Right. Right. Narratively. In terms of the narrative. Yeah. I mean, isn't Put the it, reason why... Putting magic- it to use. Right. But just in what, the- trying to reconstruct what had happened on that floor the night before? Well, no. Saying this is important. Right. <laughs> Stuff that no one else cared about. Sucking it up, putting it together, spitting it out, and being like, this is meaningful. This has meaning. But no, it wasn't just, I guess, you're right. It was partly, it wasn't that we were saying this is going to be the, it wasn't just, but it wasn't just that this was like a random two teams. It was also, and that this was like quirky or whatever. It was also that that Magic Mavericks narrative would exist entirely separate from this hegemonic set of like, you know, self, you know, self, you know, the, this Warriors Cavs narrative that, and then all these other like ancillary narratives and we would not be fooled. We'd not be fooled by this, by all the shit that everyone else is getting caught by. And so I guess what I'm saying is like, is there... Like, Jacques, like, can you imagine... Okay, let's say the Warriors win tonight. Let's say it is rigged, and we all just had been fooling ourselves into believing it could be otherwise. Is there another scenario where you could watch... Would you not want to watch Maverick, Magic Mavericks next year? Which A game which is completely divorced from all that shit? I... That, this is... Yeah, this is the question I was asking. Is like, or what I wanted to know is... So since we laid out our stakes, depending on what happens tonight, what will we do? Right? right. So in my case, I... I'm making the claim now that if the Warriors win, I will not watch the finals. You'll so definitely not watch the finals. Definitely right? not watch the finals. And I'll consider over the summer not watching basketball while I follow basketball all the time. <laughs> so right? It's sort of a soft exit. So then when preseason comes, it's it really depends on what happens then. But what I'm saying is that I will not watch what is arguably the most important event of the season. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, this is too much. Right. And I've had enough. Right. I don't want to watch anyone win. And I guess at this point, they're already, like, setting it up. Like, this could be, like, the last time LeBron, like, gets it. Right. This could be our last chance of seeing LeBron winning. or Yeah. Yeah, like. I'm already feeling it. Like, I have to watch it because of that. But I think by not watching it, you are sort of saying, like, this was all So that, that's what will happen for me. If, okay. if the Warriors win tonight, I won't watch the finals. If the Warriors win tonight, I will say I'm not going to watch the finals. And I will probably watch the first two games on my phone on Gamecast because I will be incapable of not checking the score. Okay. And then once the Warriors win the first two games, I will then maybe not watch it. For me, it's also just the fact this is not just potentially the fourth time we've seen this matchup. It's like such a diminished version of it. Have you like, heard about Bouncy Cast? It's like, is it like Bouncy Castle? No, no, it's Bouncy Cast. And it's like, um, it's basically like a weird graphic that's created using the, using the play-by-play that comes from the NBA.com feed, right? Mm-hmm. This AI or something that someone created, like, creates like either somebody dribbling it or somebody shooting it. That's oh yeah, it. I, I can imagine that. That's all it is. Oh, you know how I might watch it? I might watch if you were gone to like the TNT site and like they have the alternate camera views. I might just pick a weird camera view and turn off the sound and just have it on the background as like coach coach cam only. Yeah, just weird noise. Visual noise. You could like also yeah t- turn on another like a Argentinian broadcast, but not watch it and just listen to or a language that you don't. That's a good idea. Maybe I should watch it with as much dissonance as possible. Right. A foreign language broadcast, a weird camera angle. Can you distort it? Can you run it through, Jack? <laughs> could you run it through like some kind of like distortion machine to like just talk, like oh maybe auto tune it a little bit? Maybe like you could do a, Jeff a, Van an old school babble fish with it, where you run it through <laughs> yeah. an AI that that like listens to the audio and translates it to right, English. Right. Right. And then you have to read it. Yeah. yeah. You have to like print. Well, print it out. Read it a hard copy of it, 
and then try to like yeah try to like make sense of what happened I like that actually sounds pretty cool um, I will watch I will watch it <laughs> either way yeah I actually don't mind being a chump right but I, I like being I, I will fully buy into the idea that this is a this is even though I know objectively and let's be clear like this is gonna be if it's capped words it's gonna be like I think just a blowout and even I think it maybe it'll even go six because like they'll find a way how the same way that LeBron took uh, in 2015 took it to six like he'll it, again and it's almost like it really is close to being traditionally rigged right like it's almost like the Warriors will give them two games because and like the Marty Le- would see that and be like oh that shit is fucking rigged right? the like, LeBron version of the Warriors third quarter is like his game twos Right. Or his game fives. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, he'll it'll be, right, he'll do a game, he'll do a, or a, yeah, a game four or something. He'll be on, down 3 0. Game four. Right. Like, the, which is what happened last time, right? They, I think they went down 3 0. And then he won game four. Yeah. Anyway, so, like, um, yeah, I think, like, and that that is, is very close to, like, Marty's sense of being raped, right? Because, like, it's like the Warriors will almost, like, give them, they'll be gentlemanly, they'll give him maybe one game, and LeBron will, like, win one game on his own legitimately. But they will still win in no more than no more than six, and yet like I I guess I will watch it because I'm okay with that. Like I actually do I crave narrative and I crave meaning, and I don't know I I don't yeah, mind no, I, you don't justify it. I mean it, it is it, it is what it is, and you don't have to say you're a chump either. It's not that mm-hmm. no, I try to like myself. No, yeah, all right. You don't mind being a chump, so you'll be a yeah. chump and you'll watch it, right? Even though you know what will happen. Right, on some level, I'll know what will happen. Yet I will watch anyway, be, and I and I and I just want to be clear. I will watch, I will I will believe in a few of those moments. Like it's possible. I, I I'm not making the point that I'll just watch out of obligation, even though I know it's gonna it's gonna happen. I will actually believe for long stretches of time over the next two weeks that. The, I mean, if the, you the, step up to the precipice of a slide, you know, sliding down what it's gonna be like. You do it anyway. Right. right? So. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> a little different, but yeah, it's. Sort of like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go down the slide happily. Well, sometimes... It, Anywhere from be four some, to six times. There'll be some variance in the slide. Like, maybe the material you're wearing will stick a little bit. Yeah, right. That'll be, fun. that'll be fun. I'm going to, like, spin around before getting on the slide so there's a lot of work to go and it somehow is more interesting to myself. Right, right. And you're not even really going to... You're just going to, like, yeah, maybe and jump And Jack's going to look at the slide and walk the other way and then when no one's looking, maybe go down it. I'm not... Yeah, I'm not entering the playground. <laughs> And maybe, yeah, exactly. I mean, again, the, I'll, you might come the, like I'll one, walk up the slide. At and 1 a.m., you, uh, you yeah, might look at it. So, two questions. That's, what's our stakes? What will happen if they win? But then the third question might be a little bit more heavy. What will, hap- what will become of the blackout game, dependent on what happens? This? Yeah. Well, it's not our conversation, but does it continue to be about finding meaning in bad games does it do we is if if that's the case is the only blackout game then watching only the best games because we have agreed that they're actually bad games so i actually have a theory i this sort of stumbled upon this and while we were talking before but i actually think like and i maybe i'm going into the mode of like the 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 like the the capitalist like entrepreneur like this could be big like in terms of this the blackout game concept i feel like it could really get a lot of traction it could be really popular with a growing segment of people who sort of have come to the same realization we've just articulated, which is that it's rigged basically in a in a kind of formal way, or and it's or it's pre preordained, preordained yep, that we're going in a direction. Right, it's, we're going in a direction that's preordained. We we've, we 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 conspire against ourselves to believe it's otherwise, but it really is going to be one thing. And there's a growing segment of people I think who are going to want to watch and want to want to find meaning in meaningless games. And that that Magic Mavericks series, I think that was a dog whistle. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> What earlier when I brought it up? No, the Magic Mavericks. Like, is that is that our dog whistle? That's our dog whistle, right? That's yeah. our red pill. Yeah, that's gonna be the thing that like people are like, oh shit, like Magic Mavericks. Of course, like this is something that <laughs> this is something I can get into. This is something where I don't have to be a chump. This is something where I can watch and find meaning, and for it to be beautiful and like, and there be potentiality, and there can be like things that things that are things that are not predetermined. One game equals one game. Right. One game equals one game. That's it. That will be the sort of. That's the op- that's the opposite of the NBA. Like, I guess the NBA. I, earlier, I said maybe a value system, but maybe I could say like that's the opposite of like the the uh, the narrative marketplace that they set up is this idea that a season doesn't exist, mm-hmm. playoffs don't exist, the season doesn't exist. One game equals one game. Yeah. 
That's yeah. it. You just you just watch that game and you don't even think about anything else. Right, exactly. Which probably is the closest any fan could come to the player's point of view. Yeah. In a way. I That's mean, true. They only really care about the game in front of just, them. Yeah. Or or it's like they're just driving on a road, and it's just like that's the that's the segment of the road they're on. Yeah. You know? Totally. What um what about for you? What is what happens with Blackout Camp? I I'm interested I like this idea of, of looking at games as like individual units without a master narrative. Right. Because no like narrative. over the last like ten years, I, that's how I normally process basketball with like larger storylines and how they all fit together and what they're working towards. But there is something really cool about looking at a game as as like I think that's the thing that's game. always held us back is that we always have to refer back to context, mm-hmm. the larger universe. Yeah. You know? We could just watch it and just talk about texture of the floor or whatever but <laughs> and I mean it doesn't you know there can be some like let's talk about another narrative that, that sprung up over the course of this series of discussions the the, the, the twin t- uh, fire and ice fire and ice fire yeah. and ice Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins like that's a narrative that could play out over an entire season it's not gonna have anything to do with them actually winning I mean that or rather that's how we would have to frame it it couldn't be about like oh they this is if they pull this off you know they can challenge the Warriors oh the the, the Achilles heel of the Warriors is, you know, to go big, and therefore you can, you know, beat Steve Kerr's system. No, we got to, like, put that aside. Forget about that. It's not about their actual, yeah. you know, long-term. It's really about, you know, can these two guys get along? Or can they bring out something better in each other? Than but that? in viewing these individual games, do you set up a narrative for that game? Hmm. Like, are there stakes? Or is the idea that you go in, like, blind, like like a That's child, and you try, and everything is just from the ground up, and whatever you see in that game is what is... This is a totally flawed approach, <laughs> so I'll say that. You think? I think that it is. I think it's fundamentally flawed, which is the, which is the again, in a, like, because here we are in a postmodern way, uh-huh. is the value of it. Is right. It's to just take it is to take the whole system as being flawed. Right. And to then sort of scale it down to yeah. an individual game. One and equals say, one. Well, I can... One, equal, one equals one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a pretty simple, beautiful thing. Like, what if what if we just, like, had a whole, like, you know, again, got some early venture capital f- seed money, had some, like, big money investor behind, and then, like, Blackout Game, like, sort of had, like, an advertising campaign that was just, like... You know, tired of Cavs Warriors, tired of the fifth. You really want to watch the entire season that builds up to the fifth version of this series that actually isn't even that compelling because it's not even an even match. It's going to be the Warriors winning and no more than six. Right. Like one equals one. And it's like billboards. Imagine the billboards, right? They pop up in subway stations. They pop and up on okay. bridges. Okay. And we, and form a, we form a league. One. We form a league. It only has two teams. Right. They only play one game. Right. What are those teams? Magic Mavericks. Magic and Mavericks. Okay, I'm, I'm an angel investor. Or I'm, I'm like, I'm. I, you've got me interested. Yeah, you see the billboard. You saw the billboard on on the subway. One equals one. Why is anyone gonna watch that? What are you, what are you providing to them? Immediate. It's an interesting um, theory, but like, what? Immediate, direct, glory. <laughs> You mean if, like, say the Mavericks win, say it's like we get lucky and it's a close game, like that's glory? Nothing but Thank glory. Glory. Forgot, forgot about glory. Another oh finding concept. Finding glory. Finding glory. Yeah, okay. that's that is the payoff, right? Yeah, you're asking what's like the value proposition. One equals one is the strategy statement. Meaning where there was no meaning. Value proposition. Finding glory. <laughs> Put the ball in the glory hole. Yeah. Uh, finding glory. <laughs> Finding glory. Yeah. You guys want to take a little break? Let's take a break. All right. And if we look here, you'll see that this was a so-called barn burner, right? It was a four-point game. But if you look at the numbers, they don't really add up. Cleveland shot 40% on with 37 makes out of 91. Now let's go down here. 13 less shots. Boston got Cleveland got 91 shots how did they get those 13 extra shots so they're giving them extra possessions essentially if you get an extra shot you can count that as an extra possession for all intended purposes and one less made field goal now now these are always really strange games to me when I see a team that won that made less field goals the only other way they can win is by 
a few ways, but basically it always boils down to, at least in this league, with referee interference. Now, 13 for 31 threes, you can't find the reason really with threes. They made 10 for 33, so less threes. And then free throws, they made less free throws, and, and the free throws were the same, 22 to 23, about the same. And so an evenly free throw game. <laughs> and then mm. the rebound, so you're thinking, oh, Just do it, you know. Rebound. That only accounts for four extra shots. Wow. Yeah. Are we recording? Yep. 26 seconds left. <laughs> the Warriors are up seven. Durant going to the free throw line. The Warriors have won game seven. It's all but certain. Let's just, no, it's, it's, it's certain. It's certain, yeah. Like yeah. This, this is like a, a, a f- like zoomed in version of the whole season we're watching right now. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's not certain. You know, there's 25 sec, 25 seconds left. Right, it's 25 seconds. It's like technically oh, not yeah, over. Philly looks young and healthy, and you know Boston could do this, and oh the Twin Towers, and oh yeah, no, there's 26 seconds. Like anything could happen. No, it was always going to be this. The Warriors were always going to win. But I've changed my thesis, Jacques. I've changed my thesis. The game was actually rigged. It was rigged. The game was rigged. Scott Foster missed a blatant four-point play call. Um, twice. Twice. There was a moving screen call that was missed where Hurt Curry hit a three. That is, hold on, let me add it up. Ten points right there. What's the score? What's the score? How much are they up by? Nine points. That's the game. That's the game. Anyway. So I think it may have been rigged a little bit. I mean, you know, I thought there were rules in the game that we had agreed upon, you know, and that's uh, that's something that, I mean, even now when they're congratulating the losers, I feel that they're saying, yep, we knew, you know, of course, we're, we knew this was going to go this way, so that's it. Yeah, it's sort of like, you know, oh, we appreciate the role that you played in, in this, the theater. This farce. Right. Thanks for showing up and playing I your mean, part. I mean, it's not a farce. It's it's a it's respectable theater. Sure, okay, respectable theater, but it's theater. I yeah, mean, sure. Wow, it's I mean, a, a farce is a, is a is a show that's aware of its own of its of its own farcical nature. That's right. right. Wrestling is a farce. Right. Basketball is is like uh, it's it's kind of like some some sort of like evolutionary theater where. Each team gets their turn eventually, maybe, but some teams are like permanently cast as the team that will never get its turn. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking, I'm sorry, I was just thinking about Uncle Marty. And, <laughs> and yeah, I always used to, you know, he was kind of an eccentric guy and kind of like a, like a bitter guy. And, and he was right. And I always thought whenever he'd come in and be like, oh, the game is rigged, I'd always sort of, I'd always sort of think to myself, like, oh, this guy's just kind of like this batty old fool. But you know what? Old people have wisdom, and that shit was wise. It, it kind of is rigged. Can't believe I'm saying this, but, you know, they just... You can't, you can't miss 25 <laughs> three-pointers <laughs> in a row. I mean, that's another thing. <laughs> yeah. They missed 25 three-pointers in a row. Well, that's rigged in the other way. That yeah. was them running into the like psychological wall of they rigged of, themselves. Right, right. They rigged themselves in that case. Right. Well, because they also didn't know how to play any way else. So it was like once they, there was no other option for them. If they had shot ten percent during that stretch. Yep. Yep. If they had shot ten percent, that yeah, they would have yeah had like that would have been that would have been a nine point difference. It would be a tie game right now. Either way, I'm sticking to my guns here. I'm not going to watch the finals. Not gonna talk to anybody about the finals. I'll check in on the scores, so you'll hear from me. Yeah. Every now and again. I mean, I'll watch, but I'm. I am just. It is just another 26 seconds. It is just. Oh, you never know. It's almost certain that the Warriors will win, but oh, you never know. But yeah, I'll. I'll watch just because I'm a. I'm a sucker. This is a new era for the blackout game, though. Yeah, it's gotten this dark. This is black as blackout game. This is. This is as. Well, this is like a confirmation of the thesis. This is like... 
We know it's all. Yeah. It was a hypothesis. Now also, I feel like it's it like was. a state of being. I also just want to point out that during this entire, we watched this game in Jacques in Jacques' study, and during the entire game, every like half an hour, the stream would cut out, and a message would appear. Not kidding, at the bottom of the screen, it said, "This game is one of the blackout. Is, there is certain content designated as blackout content. You are not able to view this game, and we'd have to reset the machine." And kind of, you know, do do the trick where you just sort of like quit it and, and restart it, and it would come back on. But I think someone was trying to tell us that this, yeah, maybe it's time to to reset the machine. Maybe it's time to reset the machine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good luck to these these characters. <laughs> these upstarts. <laughs> these upstarts. I saw Akeem Olajuwon jokingly talking to Andre Iguodala. <laughs> Wasn't joking. It looked like he was mad at him. Maybe he was mad at him. <laughs> he jokes in that way sometimes. Nick Young's celebrating. Remember when remember with Steve Kerr after after game five? Was happy. He was really happy. And he said, I I'm happy and thrilled. He's actually it's was weird. Like wearing a great thrilled. This I'm is thrilled. good. He smiled in a weird way. And everyone's like, oh, it's weird. You know, you're down 3-2, like, in a seven-game series against the team with the best record in the league. Why are you happy? And maybe he knew something. <sighs> you know? Maybe yeah. he was sort of like Uncle Marty only inside the game, not outside the game. Well, here's to... Uh, here's to those, those uh, crazy... Stars who find themselves outside the game. <laughs> yeah, here's to everyone outside the game. Here's to those crazy uh, Spitfire legends <laughs> who find themselves on the outskirts of the galaxy. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna have to reassess my role in this league. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Are you thinking of boycotting beyond this finals? Do a new contract? I thinking I'm I'm thinking of boycotting maybe all the way up until um, the maybe all the way up until the the regular season starts. Not knowing anything. Just going into the regular season seeing where the chips fell. Right. Just going in blind. Going in blind. Maybe even dropping the rockets. Really? And just going in blind. Which team do I like? Which know, team attracts me? I know one series, one rivalry you might want to check out. What's that? Magic Mavericks. <laughs> That's right. Magic. All new start for the Magic. Yeah. And Absolutely. Mavericks. I think Dirk's coming back, so same start. <laughs> <laughs> same start. Whole new start for the Magic, same start for the Mavericks. Oh, my God. Do you think you're going to... Uh, do you think you're going to... You're gonna try again next year? Do you think like with the Rockets? Do you think I mean you joked that you might be you might be ready to hang it up, but like could you ever imagine giving it up? Like what what would it be what would it be about this? Rockets have had some bad luck with before. Do I you think, think maybe this is the worst I think luck? maybe our next episode should be at the end of the finals. Oh, you yeah. guys having watched it, me having not watched it, we well, should talk. That would be a good that would be a good episode. I, so here's what I'll say. I'll Are you gonna try to not even know what happened? I'll stick to not knowing what happened. Okay. I promise. I can do that easily. I can know what happened. I can watch. I'm going to stick to not knowing what happened, and you guys can't tell me what happened. Next episode, after the end of the finals, yeah. we'll discuss the finals, but I will have not watched. And Jacob, are you? can you get that Babblefish translator going before, yeah, I'll, I'll, before Thursday? You going to get some distance? I'll be in middle ground. I'll know what happened. Get some but, distance. Yeah. yeah. You'll have a transcription. You should play... Like a baseball video game while you read the transcript of the game. What's it called? The the hoop, the AI thing? The bounce bounce uh, bounce cast. Maybe I'll listen to the third quarter on radio every game. Yeah, listen to yeah. That should if that'll basically tell you the whole story. This series oh, is yeah. any indication. <laughs> no, yeah, you didn't probably mean it that way. Yeah. Um, well, the end is near. The end is near. I think. And yeah. uh, the end is here. Might have, for you, the end is here. For me, the end is near. Well, yeah. The end is near. The end is here for me until next time. Until next time. Yeah. All right, guys. I, I was more right. saying for our listeners, you know. Oh, yeah. The end is here for our listeners. Yeah. You know, like, uh, bundle up because it's about to get cold out there. <laughs> Good night. Wear your hat. 
whatever hat you wear. Wear, wear a warm hat. <sighs> Good night. Good night.